your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's uh, get this bad boy started. So thank you, everybody, for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Uh, We are doing the Locker Room Friday. We got some people already joining the conversation. Um, Join in the chat. Join me live here. Uh, Kyle decided to throw something my way literally seconds before we're going live here. So uh, definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, But before we do, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So uh, where to start? Well, we haven't done a locker room. I love social media. It's awesome. Um, All right. So, yeah, Kyle decided to throw something at me right before we started. But we have not done a locker room since the avalanche swept the blues. So I kind of wanted to throw things out to uh, our people joining us here now. And what's your thoughts on that? Uh, Was it more of the avalanche being the dominant team or was it the blues not having uh, some key players and the avalanche obviously taking advantage of that and they shouldn't apologize for that. So, um, let me hear from uh, anybody. Devin, you're you're unmuted there. Yeah. What was your take on that series, man? Uh, my take was uh, basically, um, I think uh, Landeskog at the end of the series, after they swept, I think he answered it uh, when Lauren Jabara from Altitude asked, did you get, uh, did you take it personal when O'Reilly said, we're going to have fun and beat you guys? And I think he did, he honestly. Yeah. And I think that was just the mentality from the whole team was like, hey, these guys are already talking crap. Like they beat us. Let's show them that we're the better team and just take over the games and series, and that that's what they did. You know, and and I, that's what you're supposed you're supposed to wait until the series is over to say something. You know what I mean? Like Ryan O'Reilly said the quiet part out loud uh, before the series even started, and I think during the or maybe it was right after. Uh, no, I think it was Ryan Graves who said it after Game Three. He was asked. This, they were asked all throughout the series, like, "What did you? What did, you know? What's that? What is Ryan O'Reilly saying that mean?" And I think Ryan Graves said, "What do you expect him to say? Of course, he's going to think his team is going to win, which he should. You know what I mean? But but you don't you don't say that stuff. You don't say that, especially when you are the big underdog." Um, and you just that's not that that is locked that it that is uh you know the the bulletin board material that is exactly what it is and uh that, you're damn right that Gabe Landeskog said that was uh had an impact on their team absolutely no doubt so um Kyle I've talked to you about it in the past but feel free to speak up well I guess that's why they call them the blues. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Handle business there. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um Alan, I talked to you about it. Abs Angel, you haven't been on here uh live, but Alan, I'll get to you in a second. But if you want to speak up, because I haven't heard your opinion on anything, uh feel free to 
talk about what how it felt to you that for an avalanche sweep and how sweet that felt i honestly thought it was a complete domination um mm. i was a little worried about our grit and i've been worried about our grit for the last two seasons um it watching us just get dominated in playoffs physically uh watching round one i that that didn't concern me at all do you think this is uh you know, having a healthy avalanche team, this is kind of, I don't want to say expect, you can't expect a sweep, but uh, do you feel like, you know, this team is as confident as they have been all year because they are so healthy? I think so. And I think we saw it with when Miko came up and interrupted Ryan's post game <laughs> on his birthday. Yeah. You know, they're loose and they're having fun, but they're flipping focused. Yeah. Right. Like, they're they're walking that fine line that you need as an athlete in the playoffs. Have you have you watched those uh, Avalanche three hundred and sixty things on uh, on YouTube? I have. I have not watched this week's though. But you've seen the majority of them, and and what you're saying is so true. They're they are they are very uh, loose bunch of guys, and for someone for a team that has kind of a lot of pressure on their shoulders because they've been the favorite since the preseason, favorite um, or whatever or whatever right uh they they walk around that you know that they're they're they don't they give you the impression that they don't feel the pressure so i agree with you i think they're a very loose group yep um alan i haven't had you on since your boy tore it up in game three uh and you always put up his stats in your graphic and I, I even said to you when you posted it, I'm like, that must have been fun to fill that one out because you haven't been able to do much like that much meat on the bone for a Ryan Graves game. Never. This is the first time I got to put that much <laughs> stuff on one. Um, right. He's gotten goals and he's gotten assists before, and but he had everything. Right. Except penalty minutes, which is the one you don't want to have to fill out anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, really that game, he was the trigger point for the team. And there's been talk, well, there was a local news story done um, out of our Nova Scotia's capital, and he he was kind of the first one of the non-big three for Nova Scotia, being Brad Marchand, Nathan McKinnon, and Sidney Crosby. He was the first one they talked about as being, hey, he's doing something this postseason. Mm-hmm. And he's actually like one of the leading D-men, at the end of game four, when they were done in this postseason, mm-hmm. um, that's not like he said. I'm not a I'm not an offensive defenseman. That's not my game. But when I can take the chances, I do. Yeah. And every time, every time he's gotten into something like that or gotten some cool goals or whatever, it's always because he's taken the chance that he's seen that nobody else saw. He goes in and he takes it. He he does do that on the on the odd occasion, and when he does, it's usually pretty decent stuff. Right. I agree, man. No, that, that was, I think, far and away his best game. And, um, Alan, you're given one pass to mention Brad Marchand on this show, and you just used it. So, uh, Good. You, I don't you, like you him had, anyway. Yeah, so you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're out of Marchand tokens. Um, so we don't know yet. We'll, we'll move on to kind of more current things and like the Nazem Kadri deal. So, 
Still no word on his appeal. I thought the hearing for the appeal was going to be today. I don't think it was. I haven't heard that it that it actually went down. Um, I heard it did, uh, but I haven't heard any uh, any response. And that was like nothing came out of it. Right, thirty today. It was going down. It was like in the middle or just wrapping up. Do you do you think anything is going to change, Devin? No. I absolutely don't think anything's going to change. Uh, I've watched that hit about 10 to 30 times, and <laughs> I, I, I see it as, you know, he should have gone lower. If he would have just gone lower instead of rising up, he would have hit the shoulder, not the head. And I mean, he should know better. Yeah, I, I, I don't think um... – uh, if the NHL was more consistent in how they're handing down punishments and suspensions, I don't think people would really have that much of a problem with it. I think I think uh, maybe people would be arguing a game or two, uh, but there's some people that are thinking that you know he should have gotten one or two games, and they're sticking to that because of what the NHL is doing. So the the big discrepancy within you know the talking heads and fans are are huge. There it's a difference of seven games when really the conversation should be like I, I and I've said it on the show like he deserved a suspension and you know it it wouldn't surprise me at the time if he got six and he got eight and I was like okay that's a couple more than I thought he was going to get but I get it. Um, it's just it's just so inconsistent. I don't think I'm totally with Devin. I don't think it's going to change uh one second. And I put it up on Twitter saying, you know, the guy who's making this decision uh also wasn't happy with the New York Rangers for putting out a statement about how they were unhappy with player safety and he fined them for that. So Bettman and Department of Player Safety are kind of in cahoots together. So um it's it's not going to happen. Um, Kyle, you and I have talked about it, but um, do you think you you think it'll change at all? Because you were the one you were one of the guys that thought it was going to be on the lower end. You thought what did you say? You thought maybe like three games or four games? Yeah, I, I thought it would be four games with how the they've tied their hands to this point. But yeah, uh, Department of Player Safety is taking their sweet time, <laughs> so. I, I like I said, I think it's going to be a long process. So, everybody, get your popcorn. This is going to be a show. Yeah, because he can, you know, uh, appeal it again. He goes to an arbitrator, and they can decide. So that's the, his last hope. And like we were talking about, by then his eight games might be up. Uh, who knows? I think they're, you know, they're taking their time because they can right now. The Avalanche aren't playing, but you would hope uh, that this decision is made soon because the Avalanche are playing Sunday, uh, no matter what, doesn't matter if they're playing the wild or the Knights, they're playing on Sunday. And the second game is not going to be till Wednesday because the Denver Nuggets are playing Tuesday at ball arena. So you're going to get two days off. Um, what do you got there? Alan? No, yeah, no, they're not going to change it. I agree. Um, who do we think though? Who do we think is, going to win this game seven between the wild and the Knights uh, abs angel. That's all I can call you. I don't know what your actual name is. If you wanted to speak up and if you think that the avalanche 
are going to be facing a division foe in Minnesota, or is Vegas going to impose their will and win this game seven? I mean, looking too at the names that just came out on Vegas's COVID list. I... exactly what uh, Kyle just sent to me before we went live. So go ahead, I, speak, I, speak to that. I, I, I don't know. Um, and, and given the recent, the, the, what's the word I want? The momentum shift that's occurred in that series. Mm. I'd be surprised if Vegas kind of comes back tomorrow. I think, I, I mean, I really don't care who we play, I don't think, but I right. think we're looking at Minnesota. Well, you mentioned it. Um, Ryan Reeves was added to the COVID list. So they are without, potentially without him, uh, Max Pacioretty, Braden McNabb, uh, Tomas Nosek, and obviously now Reeves. So that's coming from Kyle, who got it from Scott McDonald. But yeah, like you can talk about, yeah, you would think Vegas should take this game, but that. That's huge. That is a, a big loss for Vegas. And they still have, you know, they, they obviously still have a chance, but I think what she's talking about is very, very true. Um, all of the momentum is on, on uh, excuse me, on Minnesota's side right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, do we I root for them? I, I, personally really root for see, I personally want to see Minnesota just because uh, I know Gabe, Nate, and uh, I don't know who else, or EJ, if EJ is even going to be good to go for that series, um, can get some uh, revenge from the 2014 series. Absolutely. You know, that would be, that would be like, of like revenge toward all the way to the cup, you know, this year. So that'd be great. See, and that, that's, and I agree with you, Devin. I think it's, it, it either way, it's, uh, a win-win for the Avalanche. They can go up against a division rival, uh, atone for that that game seven overtime loss, which I still haven't got, gotten over. Um, and yeah, go up against a team that you genuinely don't like. I think maybe hockey. I don't want to say purists, but uh, you know, people who want to see the best of the best play each other will want the avalanche to go up against Vegas. And in that aspect, I kind of want them to as well, because I want them to take on the best teams in route of potentially winning a Stanley cup. So, but if, if Vegas is out, these guys, I mean, that's, they can't, they can't do anything about that. And can Minnesota take advantage of that? The avalanche took advantage of it. Uh, with St. Louis on top of being the better team. Let's not kid ourselves. But, you know, the players that St. Louis was down, uh, that's, you know, the Avalanche stood on their neck and didn't let them breathe. And that's what good teams do. Can Minnesota do that against Vegas? Uh, Let me hear from Kyle if you want to speak to that. I think I would really like to see Minnesota just – so the Avalanche can um, overcome round two against Minnesota and kill two ghosts with one stone. Um, I think it would be very monumental and a huge momentum swing going deeper in the playoffs for us this year. And um, I like how we've played Minnesota. Those are always fun. And I'm just, I'm really over Vegas. So, (laughs) Yeah, I I got a, a friend of mine who just hates Vegas because... 
he's like that those fans have never known i mean they've known defeat obviously but they've never known like a team that's sucked they've always been in it they've always had a good team so in in, in that regard i kind of agree with him like you, you want them to have an early exit and feel some some tough times going through vegas i don't know um but at the same time to that point like think back 25 years ago in denver they uh-huh. inherited a cup winning team right away right like it's true that well goes both ways uh yeah i mean that that was a team that just relocated and they they were um you know if they had stayed in quebec uh they they would have had obviously a good team and a new logo by the way uh, they they were changing over that amazing logo which i don't know why they were ever going to do that it kind of looked like the minnesota timberwolves logo but anyway they moved to avalanche and or they moved to denver and they were going to be the what the rocky extreme i believe uh which would have been equally as terrible yeah the rocky yeah. mountain extreme oh and my that, god and that new look quebec nordiques logo that looked like the guys who designed the uh, mighty ducks game changers uniform <laughs> it's that same logo look <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was two very bad decisions that luckily didn't happen. Um, Safe to say, I don't think I'd have that logo tattooed on my ankle. Which one? Oh, the the Rocky Extreme. (laughs) Uh No, yeah, that that, it was. I think it was pretty much in the bag, and then some. I don't remember the the hundred percent of the story, but something happened last minute where they went with Avalanche. They had like eight different nicknames they were going to go with and the avalanche wasn't even on there and they were going with the rocky mountain extreme and then whoever it was that came in and interrupted that uh thank you because rocky mountain extreme would have been god awful uh go ahead alan dater had a story about that i think last winter maybe and i or he had retweeted something that he had written way back i think about that yeah yeah he 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 mentions it every once in a while. I think they even had some like uh, shirts made up and stuff like that. I think maybe he's got one. Uh, those are rare. If, if if maybe not, it wasn't a shirt or st- maybe stickers or something like that. But whatever. Um, yeah, but I think it's you know which road do you want to go? Do you want the? I don't want to say easier road and going to Minnesota, but do you want do you want to go down that? I, and I'm so torn on this, but I think in the end, I'm kind of like what you guys were saying of, I'm just sick of Vegas, but me being sick of Vegas, does that mean like, I want to be the ones to take them out? I want my team to be the one to take them out. Or do you want them to feel the pain of an early postseason exit? I don't know. You go either way in this. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. It's like, People always argued, well, if, you're, if your team gets beat out, you should cheer for the team that, that beat you out. Well, really, it doesn't matter as long as for us right now, I, I don't care. I just want us to get the cup. That's, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. It doesn't matter how we get there because people are going to complain either way. Whether we beat out Vegas, which was the better team, and then go and beat Tampa out if they come just because they were the last year's cup champions. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. The, the ultimate goal was first the president's trophy. We got that. And now the ultimate goal is the cup in the end. So that's you're hundred percent right. Team. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. It, it, you know, you, you play who's in front of you. It doesn't, you know, you let them 
duke it out and whoever emerges victorious is that that's who you're playing. You don't apologize for that. Um, it's funny. I just did the, the national show with Adam, which will be out soon. Um, and we were talking about how, you know, he's the host of the Lockdown Lightning show and how when the Lightning won last year was like the quietest Stanley Cup champion in like the history of the National Hockey League. And we were kind of talking about if they do it again, people will want to slap an asterisk on it because of the way the season is constructed. And and I was saying, um, you know, it, if Toronto somehow, you know, runs the table and they win it, people will have a field day with that of telling Toronto fans, you still technically haven't won one because this is a, a BS uh, Stanley cup and that will have an asterisk on it. Uh, I will get a kick out of that. I, to me, whoever wins it this year wins it. it. It's a legit Stanley cup. It's a different Stanley cup route, but you still won it. But I think uh, that will be fun to watch Toronto fans squirm uh, knowing that this is the one title that they claim during this odd crazy season so that i think that will be kind of fun um so other news coming out of the avalanche world i think this is a big deal and it you know the if you follow the avalanche on twitter they did put it up um alan heppel who was their director of amateur scouting is no longer with the team um, and from what I understand, he didn't even get a promotion, which would have been warranted from everything that he's done. Uh, he's been the director of amateur scouting for the past six years, I believe. And he was replaced with Wade Klippenstein, who I have no idea who that is, but I was familiar with Alan Heppel because he's made some really good moves. We always give the, you know, the credit to, uh, you know, the GM and, you know, uh, the coach or the president for making these moves. Uh, but the director of scouting is really where it starts. And all of these signings that you're seeing right now, all these entry-level contracts that you are seeing, all of those guys were picked from the Alan Heppel camp. So um, do you guys – does this really affect anything? I know I, – I think it does, and I, I don't know who Wade Klippenstein is. I don't know if he was working – I think he was working under uh, yeah. Apple. So yeah, so he he's was. seasoned. He was, right. So he is seasoned, but, I, I mean, not, not that familiar with him. I don't know what his role was with the team. Um, go ahead, Devin. Do, do you think this affects much? Not, not everything, but do you, how, much of, how much of an impact do you think this could have? I think it impacts um, a lot of, like, I would say probably being able to trade up. Like, if, like, Alan Heppel and scouting, like, I know, like, from watching Abs 360 from a few years ago in the draft, I think it was the Kale McCarr draft that he was, like, talking in the second round about trading up to get some guy, and they did. Mm-hmm. I think he's that, um, the new guy's not going to, you know, have the guts to do that. Mm. So... So you're saying it could have uh, uh, more of an impact than we really? Um, yeah, I'm thinking it could it could be a little bit more of an impact than it looks like, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's too, it's way too early to tell that, and you, you got to give the guy a chance. Um, you know, see what he can do next year. This upcoming draft is going to be 
He's not going to have a lot to work with because they don't have many picks. So maybe this will be a good test for him. See if he can get creative and uh, maybe somehow, some way, if the Avalanche like a guy, maybe package something together and, and move up somehow. Maybe not in the first round, but in basically all of the other rounds where they don't have a pick. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I, I thought that was a interesting move, especially after we're signing all these ELCs and then there's a, replace, a replacement in the scouting ranks. Um, mm. I know nothing about him. He must be old man Klippelstein's son, but that's about <laughs> yeah. all I know. But yeah, I thought that was a very weird move. We're signing all these ELCs and then decide to go a different route when it comes to scouting. So don't really know what kind of effect I would, and with all these ELCs, I don't know if we'll feel this effect for maybe three or four years. So true. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we're, we're good. We're good for a little while. So um, if they're putting him in that position, you would have to think like they feel that he can do it. You're not going to put someone in that's not r- capable of doing it, but you're right. They don't have to um, really make any big splashes because they've done it for the past several season uh yeah kyle i'm with you taco in the chat had to bring up connor blickley uh that's a blast from the past that really never panned out is he even playing with anybody right now in some league somewhere i feel like he i feel like he was playing in a canadian league somewhere or playing in the ahl still i don't know if somebody wants to effort that Somebody clicked that. I'm not like he's ECHL. Okay. Yeah. I knew he was still playing. Um, and let me see here. Cause, uh, Adam is texting me Montreal won in overtime. There you go. So they are still in it in Toronto. Yeah. Nick Suzuki fought at that, uh, overtime, that game winner, Nick Suzuki with that overtime winner. Really? Yes. 59 seconds in assisted by Cole Caulfield. I love me some Alex Newhook, but Cole Caulfield was one pick away. It's amazing what happens when you put him in the game. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so, all right. So, before we end, I kind of wanted to go around and kind of get everybody's predictions. We're not going to predict the Avalanche game because there is no game right now, but we're going to predict the Wild Vegas. So, let me start with the Avs Angel. And who I know you kind of already maybe tipped your hand saying that you think it's going to be Minnesota. Uh, what's your prediction? What's the score? What do you got? Um, yeah, I think just looking at the momentum, I got to go Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, score, Lordy. I don't know. I'm <laughs> the, terrible at that tough. Kind of stuff. Score is always tough, but <laughs> give it your best shot. Um, shoot. Three, go ahead. Two. Three to two? Yeah. All right. I like it. Lothar in the chat saying uh, Minnesota two to one in double overtime. I love the double overtime prediction. Lothar, is that a, uh, a two to one? Uh, is the game winner on a, on a power play or a shorthanded goal? I need more info. Uh, Alan, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to change my number now. I want to say two one in just the regular time. In the regular time allowed, two to yeah, one. Yeah. For who? Minnesota? Uh, sorry, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. All right. Two to one. So that's two Minnesota picks. Actually, three. Uh, Justin is saying three to one. Vegas. 
And he says, you know, they get an empty netter. Jordan says wild four to three in overtime. So right now, Justin is the only Vegas person. So Devin, uh, I think you were saying Minnesota earlier, right? Yep. Or, or, I'm okay. Minnesota four to two. Four to two, regular time, overtime. Regular time. Regular time. Okay. And Kyle, I think I don't know who you who you have in this one. I would, if I had to choose, I would say Minnesota, but I think Gary Bettman's gonna see that both teams are playing <laughs> with illegal sticks this entire series. Toss both teams, then we play Arizona next series. <laughs> Somehow, some way, Arizona gets into the mix. Because you're not going to uh, get me to say anything positive about those two teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, because uh, Vegas lost those players, uh, it's only fair for Gary Bettman to remove some Minnesota wild players. Alan, what do you got? Dubness on our side, Kyle. Remember that. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. I I think I was Vegas right up until uh you know you guys start talking about these players that Vegas is possibly missing. That's a big deal. Uh and because of that I do. I think Minnesota I don't think it's they they might win by 2 because of an empty netter um or they might win in an overtime. So I I think this will be like a 3 to it, be three to two if they get an empty netter. Obviously four to two, but it, it, I don't. I don't see them running away with this thing, even with Vegas being down those guys. So um, Lothar is asking who will be in goal for Vegas. Good question. I, I but I think game seven you would have to go with Flurry. No, Abs Angel go. That's what I was just going to bring up. Is you can't count out Flurry at all. Yeah. He may single-handedly steal it for them, you know. Yeah, yeah it's uh, your you, your big guys you're putting in in the big moments. So, like like she's saying, that's it's it's a Mark Andre Fleury moment. So, I think you're absolutely playing him. Um, but it's it's one of those. It's like you know, game seven in baseball. If your your starting pitcher lets a guy on second base in the first inning, you're pulling him. Uh, would they do something like that if he gave up a couple goals early on? Not over, well, you know, in the course of a couple periods, you're not going to do that. But say he gives up two goals in the first ten minutes, do you get him out of there? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But um, who thought Minnesota Wild hockey for Avalanche fans would be must see TV on a Friday night? I know I sure as hell didn't. But I will be watching that game. Definitely. I cannot wait for that. So, um, all right, guys, that's going to be it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining the the locker room talk. If you want to do this, we do it every Thursday night, unless there is an avalanche game. And by the look of it, next week should be good. I think Sunday and then Wednesday. So next Thursday, 930 Eastern, 730 Mountain. And uh, we'll do this again. Thank you, everybody, for joining in the chat. Thank you, Lothar. Um and everybody joining the call. So these are always fun. All right, guys, thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. Go, Abs, go!